Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party, a podcast for women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. This season, we're bringing in leading female powerhouses to take a deep dive into the topics that matter most to you. Technology, money, marketing, entrepreneurship, you name it, we're covering it all. Tune in every Wednesday for career, real talk, and BS-free advice from the best in the biz. Ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. The times they are changing, and so is the way we do business. Today, corporate social responsibility is more important than ever, and not just to investors, but to customers who seek investments that are not only profitable, but also give back. More consumers than ever are demanding that companies ditch outdated models for transparency and instead adopt open communication and sustainable practices in a bid make the world a better place. Thanks to growing consciousness around climate change, social justice, and gender equality, consumers expect more from their favorite brands. In fact, half of Americans would switch to a company that supports a cause they believe in. Consumers want companies to contribute to the communities they live in. Buying into brands that partner with charities is an easy way for consumers to feel like they're giving back. And an overwhelming number are willing to pay more to know what they're spending their money on. It's actually good for the earth and the people on it. But the question is, can we create an ethical balance between profit and purpose? The short answer is yes. And for this episode of Work Party, I sit down with Shiza Shahid, who is doing just that with her her kitchen and homework company, Our Place. The co-founder of the Malala Fund is fusing her passion for philanthropy and social impact to build a brand that brings people together around home-cooked meals. Stay tuned to learn more about why investing from the heart is the key to building profitable businesses and thriving communities where everyone is born. So let's get right into it. Welcome, Shiza, to the show. So excited to have you here. I'm so thrilled to be here. So I want to dive into your story because it's such an incredible one and obviously get to talking about our place. So, you know, it may seem far removed from your previous work as co-founder of the Malala Fund. Your new company, Our Place, is actually bringing philanthropy social impact together. So take us back to the moment 
when the idea sparked for Our Place, and I actually remember you telling me about this, I think it was a couple of years ago, saying you were going to be launching this line and to see it come to life and see how much it's exploded has been amazing. So tell us how this brought together both your values and your vision. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's only been a year uh, since Our Place launched. So it's a very new business and yet it feels like I've been doing this my entire life. I think you know, my journey has always been rooted in social act, in women's rights, in girls' education. I grew up in Pakistan. I grew up working in grassroots poverty relief and microfinance and microenterprise for women in disaster relief, refugee camps, civil rights. I was a grassroots activist and organizer. And I was fortunate to get to come to the United States when I was 18 on a full scholarship to Stanford. It was the first time I considered the idea of being an entrepreneur entrepreneur. I'd never heard the word entrepreneur really growing up, let alone seeing women, let alone seeing women of color building businesses. And for me, what was really exciting was this notion that you could build something that was scalable, that was fast paced, that was innovative, that was also rooted in social impact versus the nonprofit model, which is so important, but can be a lot more gradual, is very constrained, is dependent on donations and when I graduated from Stanford, I, I pivoted to the business world. I, I took my first job out of college at McKinsey, moved out to Dubai, wanted to be closer to home, wanted to work in emerging markets. That first year was so exciting. I worked in Dubai and Egypt and Qatar and Abu Dhabi. And you know, I had a plan. I had a, a career path. I was going to do this McKinsey thing. I was going to go to business school. And I thought, you know, in five years, maybe I'll do my own thing. And, and really, my world turned upside down when my friend Malala was shot by the Taliban for wanting to go to school. And I ended up quitting my job at McKinsey to be with her and then to move to New York to start an organization called the Malala Fund with her, inspired by her courage. And that organization is now one of the most uh, influential and effective girls' education nonprofits in the world. And it really taught me the power of building an organization that aspires to have a scalable impact. It taught me the power of storytelling. Malala's story inspired everyone to get involved, to take action. Angel Fund, investing in mission-driven startups like you, I've always wanted to support women founders. And uh, that's allowed me to support women building businesses in healthcare and carbon credits and you know clean beauty. And from there, I had met my, my now husband, and he's an Iranian immigrant, and I'm a Pakistani immigrant. And we were both literally finding our place in America by having people come over and cooking Iranian and Pakistani food and arguing over which one was better. And we realized there's something really incredible about the power of home cooking to bring people together. That was the first insight that led to the creation of Our Place about a year ago, our Place is a mission-driven company reimagining kitchenware for the modern multi-ethnic kitchen. We create, make it simpler and more joyful to cook at home. And most of all, for us, home cooking is not an end in itself. It's a way to reconnect with yourself, your food systems, your culture, your identity, your friends, your community. It's really about everything that home cooking sparks. Absolutely. And you're clearly on something. You've gone on with millions of dollars to support the brand mission with the combination of social impact. So do you think that, you know, as you said, there's like the nonprofit way of doing things, which has been kind of like the way that social impact manifested itself for many years. And now there's the social impact way of doing things where you're building a company. It's a for-profit company. Tell us a little bit about, you know, raising money, why that was important to the business. And if you think social impact is really the future of the way all companies should operate. 
Yeah, that's a great question. If we are to solve the world's most pressing challenges, we need businesses to play their part. And you know, this old idea in, in the 1970s, Milton Friedman said, the only social responsibility of business is to maximize profits. That is an old idea that was in fact embedded into our policies, into our laws, but it has been disproven. We are facing some of the gravest challenges in history from climate change to inequality to um, racial injustice. And unless all the institutions are aware of their impact, we're not going to address these challenges because nonprofits go out and do their part and build programs. But if businesses are undoing that work at, you know, a thousand times the pace, then we're not going to be able to solve the challenges that humanity is, is facing. Now, the good news is there is a very strong business case for doing good. We know that consumers are more socially aware than they ever were. And 94% uh, of consumers today say they would switch brands to one that supports a cause. We know that um, young people care deeply about the values of the organization that they work with. We know, for example, that millennials, half of millennials, they've ruled out working for an organization because of its values or standard of conduct. And in a moment where talent is the greatest determinant of business success, companies that want to attract the best talent cannot afford to ignore the importance of becoming more mission-driven. So what does this mean? From my perspective, this is different from corporate social responsibility. In the past, it was, you know, business as usual, and then let's donate a little bit to charity. From my perspective, it's really... How do you integrate your impact into your business model? How do you look at all the choices you make every day as a business and just try to be better? So for example, if you go to the fromourplace.com website, you're going to see photos of our products. You're not going to hear very much about our mission. We're not selling our mission. That's just things that we do. You don't see, for example, on our website, we've been carbon neutral this entire year. This is our first year we made the decision to go carbon neutral from our inception. That's not something we market. We source currently 80% of our products from female-owned factories and collectives. Not something that most people know about us. You know, our packaging is um, made from recycled materials. It's fully recyclable and biodegradable. Our products contain a proportion of recycled materials. Um, even our warehouse is a B Corp. And it's, you know, I'm not saying we're perfect. We certainly are not. But I think it's this decision to look at everything that you do as a business and say, you know what, every choice is a chance to do something better. That's really the future of mission-driven business. Hey, Work Party listeners, if you're a sucker for a good deal, hey, same, you will fall in love with today's sponsor, TradeZ. If you're not familiar, TradeZ is an online retail marketplace where women can buy and sell luxury designer fashion pieces. On Tradesy, you can save up to 90% off retail prices on Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Chanel, Louboutin, and so, so, so much more. So essentially, it empowers you to dress high-end without the luxury price tags. Shop their selection of new and pre-loved designer handbags, accessories, shoes, and clothing, and do so knowing that every item on Tradesy is authenticated. So you'll always get what you paid for or your money back. And with gifting season right around the corner, it's the perfect one-stop shop to buy quality gifts that won't break the bank. Tracy has new with tags, designer pieces, and vintage treasures for way less than retail. I mean, you can literally find designer accessories for under $100 or Birkin bags. Yes, Birkin bags for half the retail price. Tracy selections includes designer pieces at every price point. 
If you're passionate about the planet and sustainability, Tradesy lets you shop smarter while never sacrificing the style you want. As we've learned, the fashion industry creates tons of waste and pollution, but Tradesy believes that the most sustainable styles are the ones that already exist. Now's your time to make moves and invest in fewer, better things. And guess what? If you end up purchasing something that you don't like IRL, you don't have to keep it. Enjoy fair, simple, and stress-free returns at Tradesy. Shoppers can return most items for any reason in exchange for Tradesy credit. So visit Tradesy.com and save $50 on your purchase of $200 or more with code WORK at checkout. That's Tradesy.com, T-R-A-D-E-S-Y.com. Join the over 7 million members who buy and sell luxury fashion at Tracy. And now let's get back to the show. So the buzziest product is the Always Pan, which thanks to its Instagram ready blush pink color has spread like wildfire. I know it's all over my Instagram. Can you tell us about this unique design and approach to the products you created? Absolutely. So the design of the Always Pan came out of our frustrations with cookware. You know, you walk into any cookware store, any kitchenware store, everyone is selling the same thing, a 16-piece cookware set. What is the difference between a saucepan and a saucier? I mean, it's literally just a pan to make your sauce. Do most home cooks really need a pan just for sauce? And that is the industry standard. It's, you know, lots of little pots and pans of lots of specific shapes and sizes. The only real difference is a little bit of depth, a little bit of roundness, but you walk into a store and you're like, oh, I want to make pasta soup and pancakes. What do I get? And you need to get a 16 piece cookware set and cookware kitchenware is designed to be intimidating, confusing, expensive. It's designed with chefs in mind. It's never been designed for the home cook and it's never really been innovated on. So we wanted to challenge that. We wanted to flip that head and we created the always pan to replace eight traditional pieces of cookware. It's your saucepan, it's your saucier, it's your skillet, it's your nonstick pan, it's your steamer, pan. it has an integrated spatula and spatula rest. And we're continuing to build modular inserts so that you can do almost everything you need to do on the stovetop in the always pan. It's designed to just make it simpler and easier to cook at home. It has an incredible nonstick coating free of PFAs, PTF is what's popularly known as Teflon and other potentially toxic materials so that you can cook without concern for your wellness, your family's health and safety. And at the end, you just wipe it clean with a paper towel. There's no scrubbing. It's just super easy to use. And it's so beautiful. And that is intentional. And it's not because we're vain. It's because the design of the always pan makes it so you never want to put it away. You put it out on your stovetop. And that means, you know, when you're walking by your kitchen and it's 6 p.m. and you're like, oh, I can like whip up some pasta at home or I can order takeout again for the 10th time this week. You know, I'm going to waste money. I don't know what the ingredients are. You're like, you know what? I can just cook something. It's right here. And it, it inspires people to make something with their hands, to nourish themselves and the people they love. You launched with a hero product, the Always Pan, obviously, and then you've rolled out more products since then. Tell us a little bit about a G. Do you think that in terms of a startup, that it's really great to kind of get your hero product out there and then roll out alongside that? Yeah, you know, the Always Pan was something that really defined our design philosophy. It was something that centered us. What are we trying to do here? The world doesn't need another frying pan. It doesn't need another saucepan. What are we trying to do here? And we spent a long time, we spent about, about two years probably designing the always pan. And once it was done, we realized, you know, this is our true north. It is 
multifunctional. It minimizes clutter. It's safe and healthy. It's beautiful. It's just streamlines your life and makes it simpler and more joyful to cook at home. And that gave us a really clear design philosophy to root who we are so that, you know, today, if you see an always pan on Instagram, you, you know what it is, you know, that's an always pan. And that is what we hope to achieve with all our products. They simplify your life, make it easier to cook at home. They streamline your kitchen. You don't need a ton of things. Um, they're safe, they're healthy, they're ethically sourced, you know, they reduce waste and they're beautiful and they're distinct. So that gave us a great place to center ourselves, to define ourselves. And when it worked so, so well, when people fell in love with it and it was Oprah's favorite thing and, you know, in the New York Times and Wall Street Journal and Fast Company Innovation Award, we thought, okay, it's not just us. This is really resonating. And so that's allowed us to then take those design principles and continue to go into other categories in the kitchen. We never want to create a ton of stuff. Our vision is, you know, in a couple of months, you should be able to press a button, get everything you need, nothing you don't to create a healthy meal and gather with the people you love. And that's it. So that's sort of what we're aiming for. Currently, we also have handmade glassware. We have handmade stackable plates and bowls. Um, they're beautiful, they're accessible, and they're just sort of what you need to cook and then eat a meal um, with your loved ones. And then next year, we're coming out with several more products that will complete your kitchen. We also have another line of products, which we call tradition wear. And these are limited edition collections that we release typically times a year. And they are around a home cooking tradition. Think Noche Buena or Lunar New Year or Ramadan or Shabbat. And these collections are really the soul of our brand. They're done in partnership with a community from start to finish. So we are not designing these items. You know, if it's Lunar New Year, we're partnering with, you know, in the case of Lunar New Year, Lunar New Year is celebrated widely, but we chose the, the Chinese American lens for this first collection because we wanted to be specific. And everything was designed by people who identified either as Chinese or Chinese American, from the products to the artwork, to the photo shoot, to the every every piece of it. Um, but these products are really how we tell the stories that we're really inspired to share. And they come from, you know, my personal experience of being a Pakistani immigrant and never seeing my culture represented in a positive light. And I can say this very confidently, you know, on your podcast, if any brand were ever to do a mainstream brand were to do a Pakistani collection, I would fall in and to do it well and to do it with Pakistanis, I would fall in love with that brand because nobody, nobody is doing that. And I can say this because I have no fear that our competitors will go and do this because they won't, right? The rest of the industry cares about French food and Italian food and all the other cuisines are kind of not even um, in their line of sight. So for us, representation, storytelling, culture, the multi-ethnic kitchen are very, very important. And our tradition wear collections are ways that we can really pay homage to those. And I want to talk a little bit about the buzzy new ad campaign you launched where you took over billboards in battleground states and told this really beautiful story around America being your place. Absolutely. Um, America is our place. That is the name of the campaign. We, again, this came from a personal place. Um, I'm an immigrant. I cannot vote in this country. I, you know, really plan to be in the United States. I had a, I had a loving home. I had a lot of passion for bringing change in my birth country. And I came to the United States to build the Malala Fund. And then I stayed to invest in mission-driven startups and to build our place. I came here for the belief that America is the place where you come to build something larger than yourself. And 
over the years, America has become more than that to me. It's become my home. It's where I met my husband. It's where I found friendship and community. And over the past four years, um, I have watched with a lot of heartbreak, as has the entire Our Place team, as there has been a rise in anti-immigrant sentiment, anti-immigrant rhetoric. Um, you know, there's been a rise in hate crimes, as documented by the Southern Poverty Law Center, a rise in racism, transphobia, xenophobia. It sort of, the list goes on and on. And, and people like me, I'm immigrant, Muslim woman, person of color, are seen as the other. And for us at our place, everything we exist to do is to bring people around the dinner table to connect. And when we sit down and share a meal with someone, we see across superficial differences to the deep shared desires, hopes, fears. And the goal campaign was to share that vision of America. We know that the election will be decided in some states. And we wanted to ask people in those states to show up. So we took out giant billboards. We plastered on those billboards uh, a beautiful family portrait of America. There are people from all walks of life. I myself am in the photograph. And you see this sort of beauty of the diversity of America. And you see not just the people themselves, but their connection to each other and the intimacy and the, and the, the shared hope that exists between all of us. And across that portrait are the words, America is our place. And it's been, you know, just a really personal project for us. And our hope is that we will get a couple of people to show up and, and maybe make a difference in the future, of not just this country, but the future of our world. Such an awesome campaign. Congratulations. So let's get into advice. As someone who helps new startups in the early growth phase, what areas of the business should new founders focus on to prepare for growth and scale sustainably? Yeah, you know, it's really about uh, the fundamentals of the business. So you mentioned we had raised money. We have. We raised far less money uh, than most startups at our revenue, at our profitability. We've raised far less money than we have been offered. We have made a very deliberate decision to raise as little money as possible. I know this is something you're very passionate about personally, Jacqueline, with, with the way you've built your business. Fundamentally, you're economics have to work. Things like your product margins, your cost of customer acquisition, you know, having distributed marketing channels, making sure that you're not only dependent on one way of selling your products, um, having a product mix that is complementary, having thought through your customer life cycle journey. You know, your customers are coming to buy your first product. Is that it? Do you, what are you going to offer them next? How are you going to maintain that relationship with them? Or did you just spend a lot of time and effort and money to acquire a customer um, who's never going to return? Uh, thinking about your customer experience, the very first, one of the very first people we hired is um, our incredible CX leader who's been with us from the start. And, um, you know, we get told every day that we have the customer service of a live brand. And it's really, really important to us to offer that, to make sure that our customers are affiliating us with a really great experience. In fact, the other day, one of uh, the people that I was interviewing to hire, um, I asked her how she'd heard about our brand. And she said, well, I, you know, a friend of mine told me about your product and then I bought it. And then I had a really great experience with your customer service. And, you know, you have to think through all of the ways in which people are interacting with your business and your brand. And how do you make all of those work together and make sure that you're splitting your energy effectively to ensure that you're not, you know, just spending all your time designing beautiful products, but 
not thinking about fulfillment and logistics and customer service or thinking about all, you know, all of your time is about marketing, but your product's not, we're not iterating and you're not improving. So it really is about looking at the business holistically. And, you know, for me, it's been about having an incredible team. I have two incredible co-founders. I have an incredible executive team. I spend half of my time, honestly, they're hiring or thinking about hiring. Um, I think that's you know, identifying great talent and getting to know them. And I think, you know, that is one of the primary goals of a founder of a CEO is to build your team and to make sure that you have incredible people with you who are inspired and and building this as your teammates, because there's only so much that you can do and there's only so much that you can know. So true. And I think on a lot of people's mind is how do you develop a supportive and inclusive company culture as you scale so quickly? Well, you have to prioritize it. So I mentioned one of my co-founders is uh, my husband, Amir. Um, his background is in supply chains. So he handles all of that. I focus on marketing impact, data, international expansion, um, storytelling, creative. And then we have our third co-founder, our friend, Zach. Zach's entire career is in people operations and in team building and culture building. He was at MeUndies. He was at Everlane. And he was in those roles. And it's a very unusual, don't know that I can point to another startup that has somebody whose entire focus is people and culture as a co-founder. You know, typically people will say, oh, you have the business founder and the tech founder or the business founder and the creative founder. We have a founder focused on people and culture because I think what so many startups, businesses get wrong is they, they under-prioritize that. And again, we are not perfect by any means, but we care about this so, so deeply. And we care about building pipelines that allow um, people from all backgrounds to succeed, to uh, be poised to hire a diverse workforce that makes us better by the diversity of thought and opinions and experiences that is Apple. You know, we're constantly learning ourselves. We're constantly um, reading, researching, reaching out to consultants, experts, just trying to understand best practices and, and problem solving with other thinkers because culture is a thing. You're never done. You always have to work on it. And you have to work through the challenging things. And, and every organization has challenging moments and Having challenging moments doesn't mean you have the bad culture. It, it means you have a culture that is able to grow and learn and have difficult conversations and improve and, and just constantly keeping our focus on, you know, people and culture above all else. I love that. That's so interesting about the co-founder. I think that's very accurate. That's not something you see often. How do you handle failure or when something doesn't work out for you? We underemphasize the failures that occur when we don't try something. Everything that we don't try, we failed at. Every time we don't ask, for that, you know, infusion of capital, that partnership, that endorsement, that was also a rejection, just one that we didn't have to perhaps confront as actively. So that, that's sort of what I try and reframe in my own mind, because I certainly have had a, a fear of failure uh, that I've had to grapple with. I think having a strong support system, you know, when you mess up, having people that you can go to, who you can trust who will tell you like it is, but also support you to work through it is very important. I think that learning from failures that have lessons to teach you, that happens to me once every two days. I, I joke, I always learn things the hard way, but you know, at least you remember them that way. So failure is just, it is part of the process. I think it is something to be expected. It's something to almost aspire to, not entirely aspire to, but you know, if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. And 
Um, I think also just emotionally building a support system at work, but also personally having friends, partners, families, loved ones who you can go to because when you're doing something hard and you're getting rejected and things aren't working, it can be brutal on your soul and you need places to go and people to go to to just sort of take a breath and know that no matter what, it's going to be okay. Couldn't agree more. So tell us, is there anything else you'd like to share about our place? Any news, any upcoming things we can expect? Absolutely. Products launching. We have new cars coming out over the next couple of months in our Always Pan, in our glassware. We have um, an incredible add-on to the Always Pan that we have gotten hundreds of requests for that we have brought into our Evergreen collection. It was part of our Lunar New Year collection, the Always Pan came with a limited edition spruce steamer basket. And we got so many requests to just be able to add that to any Always Pan. We're bringing back a set of of steams that fit perfectly into the Always Pan with cooking shop steamer liners, perfect for tamales and dumplings and corn and, you know, steamed pudding and everything that you're going to want to make over the holidays. Um, So definitely check out all of those on fromourplace.com. And we will also be sharing a special podcast listeners uh, to get a discount with uh, the code cultivate. So check that out as well. Ooh, the products are absolutely gorgeous. The campaign that you guys have put out in the swing states is unreal. It's beautiful. I know some of the people in it. I I think it's just so awesome what you guys are doing. The products are incredible. Great for gifting as well as we approach the holiday season. So shop small for sure. Shiza, thank you so much for your amazing knowledge and insights. It's always such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. I love what you do and how you use your platform to empower women creators and entrepreneurs. And it's, it's a pleasure to be in conversation with you. Thank you. Have you bought your copy of Work Party the Book? Part career manifesto, part practical business advice, Work Party the Book is everything I wish I knew during my early years as an entrepreneur. The ups, the downs, the things I learned and the women that helped me to make it happen. Just like in our podcast, Work Party the Book does not shy away from the nitty gritty details you need to know. If you hope to start your own business or become the HBIC at your current gig, we're here to help you out. Available in hardcover and audiobook on Amazon, also on iBooks at Target and your local bookstore. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Work Party, the podcast. If you felt inspired and learned something new, let us know in a review on iTunes and check us out on social at Work Party. For every episode, we have downloadable resources available on workparty.com so you can put these tips and tools into action for your own business. Thanks again for listening. And as always, work hard, party on.